your home for Northeast Ohio soccer. This is Breaking Lanes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first inaugural episode of the Breaking Lanes podcast. I am your host, Logan Congrove, and joining me today is a very special first guest from the University of Akron Zips women's soccer team, Bailey Bowers. Bailey, thank you so much for being on. I'm so excited to have you as the first guest on my show. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored to be the first guest. Absolutely. Anytime. For those of you who don't know, Bailey is a part of the Breaking Lanes logo, so we had to get her on here first. Would not have it any other way. Bailey, let's jump right into it. Let's talk about how you got into the sport of soccer. When you were younger, who were some of your inspirations that brought you into the sport? Um, funny question, first of all. Um, <laughs> growing up, you know, I think all parents just kind of put their kids into soccer. Both of my parents didn't play soccer, actually. So, like, no soccer in the family <laughs> at all. Um, but, like, all of my friends played soccer. And then, like, just watching the game, I got my parents into it. So I guess just like the older girls, like we went to um, a lot of the high school games, um, a lot of the club games around. So just the older people, I guess. The focus of this podcast is Northeast Ohio soccer. So what does it mean for you to currently be playing in this area? Um, it means a lot. There's a lot of great people that come out of here. Um, one person in particular that always comes up is Darlington Nagby. Mm -hmm. I'm a Columbus girl. So <laughs> crew has my heart. It's big deal. So let's talk a little bit about before you got to the University of Akron, you came from Dublin Jerome High School. Talk about your high school career, some of your coaches, what you learned from Dublin Jerome that you could bring into the college environment. Yeah, um, I had a great time at Dublin Jerome. I played three out of the four years there. Uh, freshman year, I was younger, so I got to play club another year. So sophomore year going into, we had a great group of girls. Um, a lot of us played for the same club team, and so we all knew kind of the or I guess like had the same approach coming into the games, the same standard. Our coach also played for the same club growing up, so everyone just had that same like dedication and discipline. We all, defending was our number one thing. We had a lot of girls who could put the ball in the back of the net for us. Emma Sears, shout out to her, she's at Ohio State right now. And it was special, I guess, I don't really know. <laughs> You were a three-time varsity letter winner at Dublin Drome, two-time second all-team Ohio Cardinal Conference honoree in your junior and senior season. You won three consecutive OCC conferences and district championships. Talk about what that level of success meant for you. It was very special. Like I said, we had a special group of girls. But, um, you know, coming from that area, I think a lot of the teams are good, like Kaufman. Um, Liberty was always a good one too, so it was very special just to go back to back like that. Um, OCCs, I think we won eight years in a row after that. <laughs> it just means a lot. I guess like a lot of us play club all year round, but taking that time to play high school and representing your school and um, your home is really good. During your recruitment process, what is that like going through it in, what were you kind of looking at school-wise, level-wise? Where were you thinking that you wanted to go during your recruitment process? Honestly, I had no idea when I first started. It's a struggle. <laughs> Everyone has a different journey. But how I was looking at it is I wanted to play in a program that took soccer seriously, but also I could have a life outside of soccer. Mm -hmm. I think some of those higher levels, you're with soccer 24-7, and I love soccer, but sometimes I just wanted to focus on my education and stuff like that. Um, both my parents went to max schools. My dad went to OU and my mom went to BG. So um, growing up, we were always around those campuses. And I liked the size of both of them, kind of, but I wanted a little, something a little more city-like, and I think Akron had that. And my mom grew up in Canton. She was aware of the area. She's like, I don't know about it. <laughs> but when we came to visit, she was like, it's totally changed. I think it's perfect for you. So that was really kind of it. I stepped foot on campus, and it was best size I could wish for. And then 
straight up, coaches told me you're going to play your freshman year, and that's what I wanted to hear. For I didn't sure. want to wait. <laughs> it's funny that your mom said that. My mom said the same exact thing. My mom's from Kent said you want to go to Akron really and I was like yeah and she's like, I don't know about that and then we came and said the exact same thing yeah. it's changed Akron is a very nice place yeah. uh let's talk a little bit about Akron so you get here your freshman season and you were named to the all mid-american conference freshman team so you obviously did get to play as you were promised uh staple in the midfield appeared in 20 games while making 19 starts for Akron in 2019 and then you made your collegiate debut against Charlotte on the season, you had two goals, four points, seven shots, five shots on goal, and two game-winning goals scored in the first goal of your career against Youngstown State. You defeated the Penguins 1-0 in that game in MAC play. And then you got your second game-winning goal in 2019 against Central Michigan, playing a season-high 110 minutes of action against Ohio. How does that feel to play 110 minutes in one game? It hurts. <laughs> it hurts. It's tiring. Thankful we got rid of the overtime rule. That yes. sucked. But <laughs> I feel like every single game we were going to overtime. So, but yeah, it puts a number on the body. And your freshman year, like you mentioned, got to play a lot. What are some of your takeaways from that year that you're still using today and bringing to obviously a different coaching staff, a different team at this point? Yeah. So I have played the six and the outside back basically my entire life. Freshman year came in and she was like, you're going to play the 10. Something okay. I had never played before. Um, you know, midfield's like, you want to say it's similar, but it's every role has a completely different role. You know, the six, you sit there, you're fending, you're screening the nine, switching the field. Ten, you're attacking, you're on the dribble. I'm not a dribble person. <laughs> <laughs> so that was something that I had to change to, like change mm -hmm. my style. And so I guess one big takeaway was just being open to anything. Now um, I play like basically every position on the field, wherever anyone needs me. Right now it's a little bit All of center. Here, yeah, right? right now it's center back, <laughs> but... Um, so just like being open to anything. And then I think playing different positions helped build my vision of the field, I guess. And then knowing the roles of each position has also helped me like communication wise, helping people where they need to be. Transitioning from position to position, what do you do mentally to prepare to be in a different spot on the field, whether it's a spot that you might be familiar with, a spot you're not familiar with? How do you bring yourself to be able to play that position? Yeah. Kind of just like watch film of other people that I look up to. Yeah, other people on our team watch film, and then I'm always in the coach's office asking them questions because, you know, every team has a different style they like to play, and then so those roles fill different positions. Like, I guess like roles, the roles right, change, right. yeah. Honestly, just talking, communicating with other people, and then mindset, honestly, it's the same way i'm gonna go out there and play every position the same obviously to an extent but for sure yeah when you talk about players that you look up to or people you might mirror your play after who are some of those players that you model yourself after um six it's definitely darlington Ivy. like i said i yeah. love his composure on the field it's second to none. like there's <laughs> nothing like him and then i'm a huge manchester united fan and so honestly attacking wise bruno in the midfield people don't like him i love him uh, Rashford's another one I like to up to, but then honestly, I think this kind of gets people Kimmich or Kimmich. I don't know how yeah. you say it. I'm Byron, but I think he's a fantastic midfielder. And then you know, outside back, he switched between that too. And so I think his defensive style, but then also like his ability to see the field and play those through balls is unreal. Moving into your next season in 2020, obviously this is the COVID year, a little bit difficult. Talk about that before we even get into the stats. What was it like being a collegiate athlete during the COVID season? It was hard. 
it was it was difficult uh, i guess akron being a commuter school too there was not a lot of people on campus which right. is a little hard but um we also did those bubbles like we split into groups and mm-hmm. like whoever you lived with was like who you got to hang out with and practice with so it was hard it kind of felt lonely at sometimes but then like you have those teammates to fall back onto, so that helped a lot what did you take away from that year that maybe made you stronger coming back after the COVID years biggest thing was not take anything for granted like we didn't know if we were going to have a season going into that year which was really hard you didn't want to give up playing with those seniors and so basically just like not taking it for granted like I said you never know like if we were going to play or not and as you mentioned uh didn't play as much in 2020 maybe due to COVID maybe due to other things but appeared in seven games and five starts registered five shots on the season while being on the net fired off a season high three shots against Bowling Green talk about that game if you remember it what what was your motivation in the Bowling Green game to get a couple shots off and make a difference for your team? Bowling Green game. Mm, I think that was here. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, yeah, it was definitely home. We switched our formation. We played a 3-5-2, so then I had to play wing back that game. That's impressive. You remember that. Yeah. <laughs> They're a tough team to play. And honestly, I think that year I was kind of struggling with some things, so mindset was literally just – nothing holding me back Mm -hmm. I'm not usually a person to take shots but I was like let's do it had to get up the field that's the biggest thing with the 352 being that wing back getting up and down the field so it was just all go I guess (laughs) breaking away from stats a little bit the mid-american conference is a good point to bring up most of the schools funny enough are in Ohio almost all of them which is I think is really cool talk about what it is like to play in a conference like that and the level of competitiveness it might bring um, I love it. That was one thing I was looking for too when I was getting recruited. I wanted somewhere that was closer to home. I got younger siblings. Both of my parents are teachers, so it's kind of hard for them to take off work to come mm-hmm. see games. So like midweek Thursday is always a little harder than Sundays. So wanted something that was close for them. Didn't want them like flying, driving anywhere really too far. But it's great. You know, a lot of my teammates are in Mac schools too. So every game you get to see people you know. It's fun. Um, but it's also so competitive. I think other conferences, you can look at it and see the top teams every single year. ACC, for example, you know UNC is going to be at the top mm-hmm. of that. Um, our conference, unlike any other, there's no standard. Like, yeah, you have good teams, but any team can beat anyone on a given day. Sticking with the MAC, who would you say, I, I know the answer to this, but the listeners might not, who would you say is the biggest rival for your team? Um, Kent State, I don't want to say that too loud. <laughs> <laughs> Would you prefer to play, obviously you like playing at home, but what's it like playing in an away environment in a rivalry game in it's any hard. aspect? It's hard. Kent has a huge stadium, so they play in their football field. Yes. So it's a lot of seats, a lot of area, and, um, you know, they always have people that come out too. It's, it's a little tough, but I think sometimes those atmospheres bring out the best in other teams like when they come to visit like you it's new to you but it also brings on a challenge which I like 2021 you were an academic all Mac selection so that brings up another good point let's talk about the side of being a student athlete how is it like balancing playing soccer while also being an academic all Mac player it's hard sometimes you know everyone struggles academically but Relatable. I think um <laughs> I always tell people I think club soccer actually helps a lot of us before we get here because um, you're traveling every single weekend. And so, like, we'd get on buses on, like, Thursday or Friday and you'd be missing class and you'd have to Mm -hmm. talk to your teachers. So it's kind of the same thing here. Like, we play Thursdays and Sundays, so you're leaving Wednesday or Friday sometimes. The professors help a lot so much. I love them. I'm an exercise science major, and 
I think our professors are unlike anyone else. They're super helpful and they're always watching our games. They're always keeping up. So we come into class the next day and they're like, oh, I saw you scored or I saw you do this. But they're um, super helpful if I need to go in there and like get extra help or just like I tell them I'm going to be missing something. They're up for helping me. It's the best. If you could pinpoint one professor at the University of Akron that has helped you or influenced you the most, who would it be? there's so many freshman year I would say Dr. J my anatomy teacher he was the best but exercise science I would say it's a tie between Buser and Kapler those are my favorite <laughs> <laughs> what's exercise science like what do you after soccer what are you trying to do with exercise science um I am debating right now that's a question I don't want to hear every single day but up in the air, up in the air. <laughs> I'm debating between AT and PT right now so it's grad school both are um AT's two years PT's three years but I don't know which one I want to do yet. Both have their pros and cons. But, yeah, just I want to be connected to sports and just mm-hmm. helping out people. I went through PT, I think, my junior year of high school. Yeah, I had knee surgery. So And the doctor that did my knee surgery is the doctor of the crew. So we had a lot of the crew players while I was doing PT in that's there. That's awesome. And I was like, I want to do this. I want to help crew soccer players. <laughs> so that's kind of where I got the first love for it, but just helping people. Talk about how you battled through that knee injury. What What is it like coming back from major injury? Yeah, um, it was tough, but thankfully it was only my meniscus. So I tore both my lateral and medial meniscus. So I was out for, I think it was six or seven weeks. It's not that long. So I did it where they just cut it out instead of re-sew it in. And so it was tough. We were getting ready for nationals at that point. Um, we were going to Seattle, which was huge mm-hmm. and exciting. Um, we had a good group. We drew SoCal Blues, which was a top team in the ECNL. They got Trinity Rodman on their team, which is a huge name. Yeah. So, yeah. so um, it was definitely upsetting. But I think kind of sitting out, it helps you value the game a little more. And then you see things that help you build your game. Able to watch more from the yeah. sidelines, yeah. kind of see how things play out. Definitely. Yeah. You mentioned club. What club did you play for and what did you bring from club to even the high school level, the college level that you really have used throughout your career? So I played for Ohio Premier. We were in the ECNL and I played for them for seven or eight years. It was a long time. I think the biggest thing for us is we had ever, like on our training uniforms, it was discipline, dedication, and teamwork. And so those were our huge things. And discipline, I think, was one thing that I brought into college um we have a lot of girls who also play for op on our team so we all kind of have the same mindset we know what we're doing but like i said discipline and then defending was always one of our bigger things too in communication so i think sometimes we bring that onto the field you can kind of see it and then in training we're always talking stuff like that and op i guess all my <laughs> all my columbus people know it's it's where you want to be it's unlike any club in central ohio absolutely 2021, back to Akron soccer. 2021, you appeared in 17 games, made 11 starts, recorded three shots on the season, and scored one goal against Niagara. I don't know if you remember the goal or not, but talk about how it felt to score that goal and then maybe an overview of what you learned from that season. I do remember that game. I remember that goal. (laughs) That was... Okay, so I scored and I celebrated really awkwardly. And so it's engraved. What was the celebration? In, oh my God, it was engraved in my brain. Um, basically, I just like threw my hands up. I couldn't believe that I scored. It was so <laughs> awkward and I was jumping around. Oh my God, I can't get past it. But um, that season was another difficult one. We kind of were changing our formation here and there. And I was changing positions again. Um, that game, I had to play forward. I don't play forward. <laughs> um, but it was off a corner kick. Um, one girl headed it back, and I was just kind of sitting at the penalty area, just volleyed, side volley. It was really nice. I will put that out there. But, uh, yeah, the season was – it brought a lot of ups and downs. I think those two seasons, COVID and that year, 
were a little bit of a struggle for me. But like I said, I think it kind of helps you mentally as you grow. It helps you on the field a little more. 2022, you move into the next season and you have a new coaching staff. Coach Simonetti comes in. Talk about the process of getting a new coach, especially at the college level. It's much different than getting a new high school coach, mm -hmm. getting a new club coach. It's a little bit different. It's a little bit of a lifestyle change, system change. Talk about what Coach Simonetti brought in initially that you noticed. Um, it was definitely a little scary because we didn't know if we were going to have a coach by the time preseason rolled around. Mm -hmm. She came in. I kind of did a little stalking on her, <laughs> um, reading about her. Like she went to Dayton, she was an All-American there. Like she did numbers at KSU. It was insane what her coaching staff could do there. So I was very excited. First day, she meant business, and um, <laughs> I just remember it. Uh, fitness test, we ran it. We were not at the standard that she wanted us to be, but I knew that she was going to turn this program around. And you can see it. I think even within this past year like I know you've been to some games mm -hmm. but before like you know I don't want to like bash on our team but like in the past we've kind of been like a kick and run team like you know just not really playing a style I guess but um Jen has definitely brought that around like you see we're more of a possession-based team now we're, like we play out of the back we keep the ball definitely got things to work on still but um it's unreal how much improvement she's brought to this program talk about how you personally adjust to a new system obviously you mentioned it's more of a possession-based team mm -hmm. how do you go from being on a team for two seasons three seasons and then coaching change and it all changes yeah um definitely hard um but i think as i kind of said before you got to be open to change and i think everyone on our team was open to that change and then you just got to put the work in outside too um i know a lot of girls go into their offices like like I said, I'm always in the coach's office, and I think building that trust with the coaches to then go in there and because they just want your best interest. Like, they're the ones that are going to put you on the field. So if you create that level of trust with them, it's only going to help on the field too. I guess just, like, being open was the biggest thing for everyone on our team, like not sticking with that closed mindset. This is what we've done in the past. This is what we're going to continue to do, like hearing the new coaching staff out. This season you are a captain. Talk about the process of getting named captain and what it means to you to be that leader for your team. It was exciting. It's a lot of work. It's an honor <laughs> at the same time, though. I love my teammates. Yeah, in the spring, we kind of had some changes. We had some injuries. We were a smaller team. I think we grew as a team that season. And then just being one of the older girls and bringing my experience in, I think people looked up to me. So I started to take that role before we kind of even named just like being there for people, stepping up. And then when it was when I was named, there's four of us, too. I will shout out my other captains, Clara, sure. Morgan, and Katie. I think we all bring a different aspect to the team. Um, kind of like the coaching staff, they always talk about how there's, like, one person you always gravitate towards. And I think that's what our captains bring. Um, so I feel like I'm, like, the mom of the team. I'm the <laughs> oldest of the team. So I'm just kind of there, mo emotionally supportive here on the field. Yeah, I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to be. That's a good way to connect with your teammates. What would you say off the field is your favorite way to bond with your teammates, bring people together, and kind of it translates to being on the field? Yeah, off the field? Let's see. We do a lot of things. Certain people watching Premier League with. We have a lot of people on our team that like Premier League. Other things is like, honestly, just like movie nights with our team. That's a huge mm -hmm. thing for us. And just like a lot of our team likes Grey's Anatomy, so this is like our recent thing. <laughs> I had just started it, and so I'm new. I've never seen it, and so now it's like watching TV shows with other people 
or another one of our things is going to other games. Like we love going to the men's soccer games, volleyball, um, football games when we are here and we can. Basketball is one of our favorite too. I think honestly just hanging out as a team playing cards and stuff like that too. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get into this season a little bit. As you mentioned, you're a captain with three others. A little bit of a rough start so far, but it seems to be kind of picking up a little bit mentality-wise, even Mm -hmm. on the field. Talk about how do you bring your team back from starting off rough to kind of getting into MAC play? What do you do to keep up the success? Um, Yeah, so we just talked about this. It's a whole new season when MAC play comes around. Everyone's 0-0. We had that bump, like you said, in the beginning. And I think we're starting to find our style and, like, momentum. And so I we had 12 new people come in. So it was obviously a big transition. And so everyone's finding their roles. But, like I said, it started 0-0 now. So you just got to regroup and say, hey, the past is in the past. Mm-hmm. We're here now. We're going to qualify. We're good enough. We competed with Buffalo last night, I would say, for the most part. And they're one of the top teams. So we know that we can compete with any other team. You started off your season with your first win over Cleveland State, 3-1. to Obviously, you mentioned to me, the listeners may not know, you're currently injured, unfortunately. Talk about, especially being on the bench, what are you doing to help your team off the field to continue to compete, especially coming into MAC play? Yeah, um, trying to be there is the biggest thing. (laughs) You know, going through an injury you're always going to be worried about yourself and it's going to be hard mentally, especially for me, you know, fifth year, this is my last year playing soccer. It's hard, but um, everyone's going through something and that's what you got to remember. Your teammates are only there to support you. So you got to be there to support them. I am trying my best to being the loudest on the bench. <laughs> um, and then just trying to keep everyone in line still to, you know, focus on some of those things that we talk about in the like team room, stuff like that. So if people are on my side and like, away from the coaches a little more just like talking to our back line because I'm playing center back right now so Mm -hmm. talking to our back line about spacing just aware of runners marks stuff like that your next win was against Niagara this was a good one to zero win talk about being away on that trip and how that how the mentality coming back from that was um it was a super fun trip we got to go to Niagara Falls (laughs) so that was really fun Jen was really supportive about me going to which was really nice and so like you said I'm hurt I can't play that game but I still got to go so I think that was huge for me you know, that that feeling is great after a win. And so we kind of took everyone into a huddle, the captains, and we we're like, look, everyone loves when we win. Who doesn't? But um, we want to feel this feeling a little more, and mm-hmm. we know we're good enough to compete with these other teams. So we're going to chase that feeling. On the other end of it, how do you motivate your team after a loss, maybe more of a difficult one as opposed to like playing against a good team? If you had a loss yeah. that was not predicted, how do you yeah. come out of that? First thing is always reflect on that game. What do we do wrong? What do we do right? And then um, we started this new thing on our team. So I just recently watched the Kelsey documentary on Amazon Prime. Loved it. It was so good. But there was this moment in the documentary where the Eagles had been undefeated and they had lost their first game. And so their head coach is giving them kind of like a pep talk before the next game and like a team meeting. And he was like, look, it's good to dwell on the past. Like you're going to have tough times. It's good to reflect on that. But the next thing you have to do is GTFU. And so like that's what our team is saying and like. Can I cuss on here? Yeah, this okay, is not okay. a university okay, okay. podcast. Say whatever you um, want. <laughs> so basically, GTFU, get the fuck up. That's our next thing. And so you can dwell on that past, but the next thing is to move on. And so the that was a huge thing for me as I was watching that. I was like, this is our team. Like, we can dwell on those mistakes, but you have to get the fuck up and play the next game. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a great motto. Uh, how did you kind of orient that into your team? Where did you – did you just come to training the next day and say, hey, guys – 
I got a motto. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I watched it on the bus ride to Niagara. And so then after the Niagara game, obviously we won, but I was like thinking about it. I was like, you know, like there were some tough times before this. And so I just recorded it on my computer with my <laughs> phone and I sent it in the group chat. I was like, look, guys, this is going to be our new thing. Like we said, we had those bumps, but we're going to get the fuck up and we're going to be the baddest motherfuckers on the field in the next yeah. game. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Heading into Mac play as coming up, you have Kent State coming up. You have Bowling Green after that, a school that you're familiar with. Northern Illinois, Western Michigan, Toledo, Ball State, Central Michigan, Eastern Michigan, Miami. And then to round out your season, you have Ohio. What are you doing as a team to motivate yourself heading into Mac play? Um, each game is a little different, I think, with motivation. It depends if we're, like, home and away, we do different things. Home, obviously, we're comfortable. We know what's going to happen. Away is a little different. Like, you're usually in a hotel. You kind of have to, like, if we're playing at night on a Thursday, it's kind of harder. you got to wait all day. So there's different things. Like, we'll do um, pregame activation, and then we'll kind of, like, meet sometimes, try to get our mindset going. It's different from, like, home games like you're sitting in class all day which is kind of a bummer but that's where you got to do be individual and flip that switch and I think something our team does really well too is we do like game day letters and so we pick someone else on the team and you send them a letter saying like it's game day you got this this is what you're really good at this is like what you can bring to the team and I think that helps um transition the mindset too and then like I said zero zero mac play and that's something we keep saying so absolutely <laughs> it's go time it's exciting thought to have kind of a fresh new season sticking with soccer of course but let's move away from akron a little bit um there's rumors that a pro soccer team might be coming to cleveland you as a crew fan <laughs> what does that do for you because me living around here i'm still gonna stick with the crew i'll support <laughs> them and all but i don't know i don't know if i could like just step away from the crew you obviously can't no never honestly <laughs> i didn't know that but that's pretty cool there's supposedly a woman's team coming too okay that's exciting NPSL. yeah no that's exciting the more the merrier i'll take it but at the same time can't go away from my crew <laughs> boys you know it's kind of like when cincinnati came like everyone's yeah i'll be excited it's another oh, good for them. it's another team it's an ohio rivalry now but i'm not gonna go away from the crew right so. right Women's soccer obviously has been growing a lot. Um, you're a women's soccer athlete yourself. Talk about that growth and how it, it's cool to be a part of it. It's super exciting. I think it need, there needs to be more, though. There needs to be more. Sure. Um, NWSL is huge, and I think that's another thing that is very exciting that's come in the past couple years. Because, you know, growing up, we didn't really have anything to, like, look up to, I guess. Like, it's different. You know, I watch Premier League, but, you know, it's not the same. Like, those right. aren't the women's teams. They have women's teams, but it's not always accessible to us, especially when I was younger. It's like, you can't really watch that. Um, so it's super exciting, and then it gives a lot of the younger girls something to look up to, like I said. Like, a lot of us, if you wanted to play pro, you got to go overseas, but now there's an opportunity in your home, which is amazing. For sure. You mentioned younger girls looking up to women's soccer players. If you could pinpoint three traits about yourself that you think – other people would look up to what would they be oh total on the spot question for you there um or what see. would someone else say about you that you think would I'm be true think. my competitiveness i'm very competitive i hate losing it's so annoying <laughs> to lose it's so even just like little things yeah just little things in training like who can pick up the most cones stuff like that it's so <laughs> it's so it's such a battle for me but i would say like I am such a hardworking person, I guess. 
but it's the little things. Like, I'm not one to, like, get recognition, I guess. It's not, like, it's fun to get recognized, but it's not always my biggest thing. Mm -hmm. I do, like, the dirty work. That's my favorite thing. And so, like, being, I guess I picked that up in the, I, you could see it in my game in the midfield, I guess. Like, being that six, like, I'm always the person that's going into tackles. Like, my favorite thing is slide tackling. <laughs> For sure. And... You can see I'll do one or two slide tackles every single game, and I live for those moments. It's going to kill me someday. It's going to cost our team, but, <laughs> yeah, I would just say, like, the dirty work. And I guess I also am, like, a, a leader by example. I'm not one to, like, use my voice. I guess I'm more quiet, but I will always be doing the right things. So I think those three things. I'm getting potential coaching vibes from you <laughs> at some point. Would you ever consider coaching, and if so, at what level? Okay, so I'm always asked this. <laughs> I just, I totally, I totally get it from everything you're saying. No, my mom is like, are you going to coach one day? <laughs> you definitely could. <laughs> no, I think it would be fun. Um, we all do like, Jen, her husband coaches at internationals. Her mm -hmm. kids are in internationals. She's always around that um, program. And so we also work with um, Copley kids in like their elementary schools. We go over there and like coach them after school and mm -hmm. stuff too. So I did that last year and it was super fun. Um, I would be up for it. I think younger kids first. Yeah. Older kids kind of intimidate me at first. <laughs> <laughs> Even me being older, I don't think I could do it just yet. So younger kids, definitely. I think it would be fun. On the topic of younger kids, and you mentioned earlier that lots of young girls look up to older women soccer players. Um, talk about you have a lot of youth programs at your games. Almost every game I've been to, there's been a different youth program. Yeah. How do you guys bring them in, and what does it mean to have them walk out with you guys and be an inspiration to them? Um, it's super fun. It's it's honestly it's so heartwarming. It's so cute <laughs> to see them come up, and they're so excited um, before the game. Like we'll go over there and talk to them, and then they're all like, "Oh, I played this position. That's what you play." <laughs> and then if someone has the same name or same number as you, they get really excited. I saw um, them all by the tunnel against Buffalo. They were cheering for you, trying to get your autographs at halftime while you were coming under. I thought that was so cool. They're so I could cute. see you specifically <laughs> smiling. Yeah. No, they're so cute. Um, a lot of them are also like Jen's kids. They bring their teams out, and then they obviously know our names and stuff, so then they tell all the other kids. So then when you're walking down to the team room, I get a, hey, Bailey, and I'm like, aw. <laughs> <laughs> it's super fun, but I think it's just – I remember doing the same thing with Ohio State. And it was so fun to me. And it's just like, oh, my gosh, they're so old, but they're so good at soccer. And it's just it's so cool to probably think that they're thinking the same thing. What would you tell a young player today that maybe is looking to be you, essentially, looking to be a college athlete, looking to be pro eventually, some yeah. form of soccer? What would you tell a young girl, woman soccer player or any soccer player that's looking to advance? What would you tell them? Oh, my gosh. Stick to what you know. Don't try and change for other people I think a lot of girls do that they like I don't know they go away from themselves and you can see it in their play like once you start playing for other people and not yourself besides your teammates always play for your teammates for but sure. once you stop playing for yourself I think it hinders your game a little bit but honestly um probably that but then like put in the work outside of like just practice I guess like the little things outside watching games um doing your own work like ball skills juggling all of that's going to help because everyone is going to practice everyone's doing that so it depends like if you want to get better what work are you putting outside of practice you obviously are a person that's handled a lot of adversity and adversity is something that everybody has to overcome at some point what would you tell anybody that is going through adversity in their sport how to overcome it and what it's like going through it more than once 
first thing is recognize like you're not the only person going through adversity everyone's going through it and since everyone's going through it like there's a lot of people that out there that can help you I'm not the best person at asking for help (laughs) I like to do I would second that (laughs) same with me I am a person that likes to do everything by myself and figure it out by myself 100% and so that was something that it really made a change when I started asking for help there's so many resources out there to help um it doesn't matter if it's just like injury, just like ATs, stuff like that, or like mental side. Like we have a lot of psychologists here that are willing to help, even like your parents. Like I know it sounds crazy not asking your parents for help, but no, like I, I said, I, I'm like that I person. <laughs> I don't like if I have a problem, I don't want to put my problem on them, but yes. they're there for helping and everyone is there to help. And it's just being big enough to ask. It's not it's frowned upon to ask. I don't understand that either. I, like, I totally agree with you. I, I'm one in the same. I have a difficult time asking my parents for help for a lot of things. And here we are, 21 years old. <laughs> uh, before we get ready to close out, uh, this is kind of the point in the show where I like to give everybody their chance to shout out anybody along their journey that has made a major impact. You mentioned your parents earlier, but who else would you say, coaches, players, any key people that you want to shout out and talk about a little bit? Um, my teammates. Anywhere, Jerome, OP, Akron, coaches at Jerome, Kelly Brothers, who's a big one. But I think my two biggest people are Willie Gage and Chris King. Those are my club coaches. And they really put it into my head that I could be a college athlete. And they were like second parents to me. And because, you know, in club, you're around them 24 7, basically. And so when we were on bus trips and your parents aren't there, and those are your figures to look up to. And like I said, they really put it in my head that I could play college sports, and I don't think I would be here without them, and especially my parents and my family. But <laughs> <laughs> Before we close out, you mentioned how you didn't think you could be a college athlete. Yeah. What What do you have to do to change that mindset? Because there could be other people out there listening that feel that same way. Yeah. What do you do to make yourself believe, or how do you let people tell you to believe yeah. that you can be a It was a big deal for me because no one in my family has actually played college sports, so I'm the first person in my wow. family to play college sports. That's and exciting. so that's where, Yeah, super exciting, but that's where I was kind of like, I was like, no one's ever done this before. Like, I don't know. Honestly, just kind of like believing in yourself. And then, like I said, club really helped playing against girls who were already committed to schools. And, like, I was like, I'm competing with these girls. Like, I can do the same thing. And then putting yourself out there is the biggest thing, definitely getting recruited, too. Because once you get that first email, a bunch will start flowing in, and that's going to help your confidence. So putting yourself out there and then just keeping up with your confidence and playing your style. Bailey, any final thoughts before we close out for the listeners? Um, I would just like to give a shout-out to Manchester United, my team. (laughs) See, I'm a Liverpool (laughs) fan. I'm a big Liverpool fan. But they're not really doing good right now. So. No, they're not. <laughs> but I will support them whenever and wherever. <laughs> That's a good fan right there. That's a good fan. Bailey, thank you so much for being on again. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And once again, this podcast, I'm hoping to grow. The Breaking Lanes podcast focusing on soccer in Northeast Ohio, sharing and telling the stories of players, coaches, anybody involved. Super excited to continue to have it grow and obviously bring people like Bailey on couldn't have had a better inaugural episode thank you it was super fun thank you again for joining me and we will see you next time on the breaking lanes podcast